Hey guys, how you doing? We're back for another Chronic Conversations. This is your host, Jerry Anderson, a.k.a. Jerry Leonard, along here with my beautiful wife and co-host again, Jennifer. Say hey. What's up? And before I introduce these guys, I just want to give a shout out to Sean Jake Denny, the Greenheart Shaman, because that intro was fire. I sure do appreciate that. Today in the studio with me, <laughs> I have the guys from Good Grief. Um, guys, introduce yourself one at a time. Tell me your name, what instrument you play, and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm Nate. I play drums and Hey, sing. Nate. Oh, wait. This isn't the A. Mate, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Nate, and I have a problem. <laughs> nice. A podcast problem. I can't quit playing local bass. <laughs> <laughs> you go for it. All right. My name's Joey, and I play guitar and bass. Man, multi-talented. Yeah. Just a little bit. Gotcha. Wait till you hear what that guy does. Oh, oh my God. So I'm Adam, and the, the only thing I do in the band is just have a beard. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, What's bro. up, guys? I'm Adam, and I play guitar and bass as well, along with yell a few times in the microphone. So do y'all do, like, rock, paper, scissors decide who plays what? Or Kinda. how does that work we out? Should. <laughs> that would be oh, awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who is the, the primary songwriter, I guess, in the song? Oh, yeah, okay. so it, it goes from whoever just writes the lick of the song will get to oh. play guitar or bass on that one, and then Nate... If he writes a song, he kind of knows both of our um, abilities and what type of music we're good at, gotcha. and he'll kind of place us into the into our zone, our niche of the song. When I listen to your guys' stuff, I got like I hate to pigeonhole you guys first because one of the things I really liked about you guys is that you didn't really sound like anything else. Awesome. Nice. So I listened to you, yeah, multiple times, and I was like, you know, because they kind of describe themselves a certain way. It's like I see where they're saying that, and it fits, and it kind of doesn't fit. Along those same lines is like the surf punk and stuff. Is is there was everything from, really I got I got at least the vibe or the the spirit of Sublime. Mm. I mean that that's really <laughs> like one it. of the yeah that's really like one of the vibes. Like Not that you sounded like him, but that's the vibe I got. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes sense. Like that was my whole entire upbringing. We're all fans. It was just all Sublime. Yeah. Yeah, definitely man. an influence, I'd say for sure. Yeah, we've even covered a couple of songs by them here and there, oh, and uh, wow. so I mean, it it works, it works. Yeah, <laughs> I just bet I haven't heard any of your covers. I don't think I listened just the two albums I heard on Spotify. Mm. Yeah, um, covers are usually a live show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll bust out a couple here and there just for the fans. Gotcha. Yeah. We try uh, to do weird ones too, though. Mm-hmm. Like so we've done Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. We dressed up as Ghostbusters for Halloween this past year for a show. Oh, and it was, wow, it was pretty wild. Yeah, we had a ghost on stage. Oh, we yeah. even had the inflatable guns. So our friend Justin dressed in drag, and then we also recruited him to throw on. A ghost costume, and he went and danced with the crowd. So it was just during a ghost the Ghostbusters song. Yeah. yeah, but it's not the same guy we're talking about in the Bumblebee costume, right? That's no, a different, different guy. Okay, different guy. You happen to know a lot of guys in costumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't we know. attract a crowd, man. Well, yeah, we, we ourselves we dress in costumes a lot. We dressed up as priests and Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I dressed oh, up. Like I dressed oh, I up as um, Louise. I had pink bunny ears, and then I had like That's a great. huge green shirt on that I just wore as a dress. There are other guitarists at the time. Our bassist at the time, he uh, he was Tina. He was Tina. Please, yeah. Please, please do a glow up on Facebook with that. Uh, <laughs> be like, absolutely. And be like, we took a funny picture when I looked miserable. I was Bob. Bob's Burgers. I want a Bob's Burger. I just feel like it'd be so damn good. You know, know they do have a cookbook. Uh, You know, in the episodes, they show a different burger each day. Uh The burger of the day, they have a cookbook of that now. Holy shit! And it's awesome. Yeah, I should have known. Yeah, I I love that show, man. I I watch it at work all the time. It's great. So, so what is y'all's guys' writing process? Is there just a couple of you that write? Do all of you kind of share the writing duties? It's evolving. What's your process? Evolving. It has changed. It has changed a lot. It's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, like before Adam joined, I was the primary songwriter, Mm -hmm. and then like he started taking away some of that, and then Joey came in. It's real estate on a latest album, and he wrote probably about half the songs. So the main, the main hook, you know, right, right, Mm -hmm. songs that we built off of. So I, I would say we're all responsible for making good music so it's really a team effort we were actually joking about uh, the other day about different eras of the band and how the first uh, album was more of the Nate era and this uh, last album we released was more of the Joey era like he had a lot of influence on the guitar playing and then uh, the newer stuff we're in right now kind of has my little spin in it Uh because uh, joining this band really evolved my playing style I come from like a super pop punk background and I finally started like finding my niche and playing like cool stuff that's related to us and it's pretty cool and yeah. Bob's we're maturing as a group I think mm-hmm. uh, and that means maybe not playing as much heavy songs I don't mm-hmm. know I'm venturing into a weird pop landscape that I'm like 
well, you uncharted know, I, territory for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. You always got to follow your muse. Yeah. You got to follow your creativity because it, it, the, the thing that I've been told is advice and I tell all guys, no matter whether they're in comedy or whatever else, is do what you like mm-hmm. or nobody else is going to like it. Exactly. Because yeah. it comes through. You just want to keep that realness. So no matter... You know what? Because there's so many. That's something else I want to talk to you guys. See, there's so many genres and subgenres now. Yeah, like when I was nice. growing up 500 years ago, we had like rock, heavy metal, country, you know, blues, jazz, gospel, and you know, there's polka and some opera and stuff out there. But mm-hmm. now it seems like each genre has subgenres. Mm-hmm. Do you find that being a band in today's time harder, or does that easier to fit your band since you don't have a sound people can link you to? So you're only on this radio station or only on that radio station? Mm-hmm. I feel like in a sense it's like freeing mm-hmm. because right. now like there's not really any linear direction you you, you can, can be go. musically ambiguous yeah, yeah you can yeah. do whatever you want still there's, there's no expectations yet either right that's why we call ourselves <coughs> alternative because it means like a million things it's yeah. a big blanket exactly so you yeah. can cover almost anything in alternative and it'll it fits and it's really cool because we have not uh, we can play with anybody. We have played with heavy metal bands. We played with acoustic act, country act. Dude, we just do it all. Like we can, yeah. we can fit in somehow with anybody. Really and I, nice. I don't know. Like it's changed too since when I was growing up. When I was growing up, it almost felt like politicians today. Like you had to pick. Like either you're into rap music, or you're into heavy metal, or you're into this, or you're into that. But today it seems like a lot of people enjoy across the genres like mm-hmm. I, I do I've, yeah. I grew up with my mom with all kinds of records everything from you know Rod Stewart to Metallica Ooh. so yeah it's 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 all over the place I, I mean that comes out yeah that comes out in our music if we were playing songs like I don't know we have a song called I Took a Potion if we were playing songs in that vein in that surf punk vein all the time I'd get tired of that yeah, mm-hmm. I would hate that. Actually. I say that about so. So, so some rap music. They have a tendency to where almost like in the '80s, if the hair metal band was popular, then there'd be 50 others like it. Well, now if a rapper comes out with a really nice flow that sounds good, then there's going to be 500 rappers that are still in that mm-hmm. flow. Um, how do you guys keep original and keep from entering into that kind of bottom off somebody else versus influence of stuff? Ooh, I think it's like just it seems pretty natural to me. Yeah, it's like Honestly. the ability to blend like pure feeling with the songwriting. Because right. if you're playing it right, like you can almost intuitively know where to go, but it's still like original because it's right. all happening right yeah. there. And it's also really cool that we both play guitar because we are two completely different guitar players, and but we're also two completely different bass players too. Like mm-hmm. we both have our style, and so. We keep out of certain genres because if he's writing a song, it's going to put us over here. But if I'm right. writing a song, it's putting us over here. And if Nate's writing a song, it'll... And so forth. But even like that, it just keeps us fresh in different songs, have different tones and different bass tones and different guitar tones. Yeah. And something something I'm proud of that these two guys managed to do is they, they know when to get out of each other's way mm-hmm. in the songwriting process. Sometimes you don't have to be busy all the time. A lot of musicians think you just need to fill the space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not what it calls for. Yeah. Less is always more. Yeah. And exactly. Keep like, it simple. Even uh, on one of our songs, uh, Russ told up, I didn't even write the bass line. Joey wrote both parts, and it's one of my favorite things to play. Like, because yeah. I was just having trouble like following something that would fit in with it, and he's like, "Oh, give me, let me get a shot," and it's awesome, and I love playing that. So like, I don't have an ego. Uh, and he just, we don't have egos with it. Like we just let it happen, and it ends up working for the better too. So I mean, it's just literally you, you hear it, and it's cliche. A lot of people say it, but you guys seem to really be doing it for the love of the music. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plus, like you know, there's so many bands that try to take themselves too seriously, especially right. in like local music scenes. And it's like, don't I know don't some of those. We like, won't bring up any names. Like I mean, unless you want to. What you're doing, may, <laughs> what you're doing may be really cool, but. If you're right. being an asshole about it, yeah, I don't want to cheer for you. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, with the way the music business goes, you have to if if you're like say you're in this type of genre, you have mm-hmm. to act a certain way to get up in that, and you still right. only have a one in a million chance of getting up there. But we uh, we freed ourselves of those chains, man, and we you can see our music videos are awesome, and it's great. It also helps too that me and Native have been playing together for a long time. Probably dude. our first bands like that were serious. And then Joey was just so natural to swoop into what was the that flow. Band we did the first band. Bury the rest. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's the first band I think I was yeah, in. yeah. That's it awesome. was really cool. We were 
in middle school or elementary oh, school. Software, that did we record so cool. that on? It was my brother recorded us on probably like Audacity with a big analog powered PV board. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, MySpace. We put that on MySpace, didn't we? Uh, pure volume. If you remember, no, pure volume. No, that yeah, was, uh, was awesome. that was uh, oh, rest for the weary. That was what that was called. Rest for yeah, the weary. that was awesome. Rest yeah. for the weary. Cool time. Yeah, long so, time ago. Man. I remember long time MySpace. Ago. I don't remember that one, but I'm sure I would enjoy it because I seem to enjoy the stuff like that more than I do yeah. Facebook and stuff. How, one of the hardest things I've had trouble doing, especially starting this podcast, is keeping up with fucking social media. Yeah. Like, I'm a pro wrestler, a podcaster, so now I've got three Instagrams, three Facebooks. Mm-hmm. People are like, you need to be on Twitter, you need to be on this. It's like, I don't have any time, guys. Yeah, we're lucky. we lucky because... That's Nate's job. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm a marketing director by day. Okay. Rockstar night or whatever. One of my favorite things to do, I know it sounds weird, is to write ad copy. It's one of nice. my favorite things about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever need anything, hit me mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm a, I was a TV producer before awesome. I moved back here. I have some questions uh, for you after the show, sir. Because okay, cool, yeah. we're going to be putting this on YouTube, and I have tons of questions. I've been dying to have somebody new. Well, hopefully I can answer something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm super stoked about where things are going. Yeah. The band. How long have you been together like this? The Miss Incarnation has been together about a year and a half, right? Two years maybe? No, a year and a half. Because last year, it's, it's not even been a year, a year I think, because Sam was still You joined February before, before we started recording Real Estate, which was in like February, March, right? Yeah. That was about February. Almost been a year. Yeah. And honestly, like, the different... Uh, phases of this band I've loved every- so I haven't been in the band the whole time but I've recorded the band each time he's been there in spirit the I've been time. in there in spirit and honestly when I joined the band <laughs> it's like hey our guitar player quit so the bass player at the time moved to guitar and they're like I'm like well I know the songs because I've been recording them for like the past right. like months so like I just kind of hopped in and I like not that I ever didn't think I'd stay in it, but I was just like, this is a weird thing for me. And then uh, here I am, and I love it, honestly. It's awesome. It's that really is cool. awesome. Uh, how, so about a year, year and a half, mm. you've got is – did you guys together do both of these that I, I've heard on Spotify, or is that a little bit – you said that was a little bit different to yeah. you? Yeah, so our first good. album, Hopeful Skepticism, uh, was definitely more surf punk-inspired kind of stuff. Um, I just kind of – I mean, we're just trying to kind of figure out who we were and stuff. And we, we, we cycled through, like, a few lineups with that. Trying um, to find your voice. Well, my buddy Nick Griffith uh, played guitar, and Seth played guitar. They also swapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's been a thing. That I love that concept, because um, that's something you never heard of. I mean, I've, heard singing, of I've been singing and drumming the whole time. And, yeah. Um, I remember that conversation. He was like, we're having trouble getting a singer. I'm like, dude, you can sing. Why don't you just sing, too? And then, boom. <laughs> it yeah, it just happened, yeah. I had another guy I used to talk to. He he was a guitar player and stuff, and he'd always sing when he's playing guitar, but he never sang in the band. And uh, I said, wow, why have you not been a lead singer? Band? Like, you you know, no offense to those other guys, but you're more entertaining and I think have better vocal range than most of these guys' bands that you're mm-hmm. on with. He could do the whole from growl to just the cleanest fucking stuff, and it's just, yeah, it blew yeah. me away. So do you like doing both, or is that something you just kind of got stuck with because of lack of singer? Or? I got stuck with initially, but I've always okay. So I've always been. A we'll listen to your version, then his. Yeah. I have a feeling his so will be even better. Like chorus in like school and stuff, and mm-hmm. so I've, I've been okay. I've been singing, and I tried right. to, attempted singing in like bands, like when I was in middle school and high school, but it just didn't work out. Um, when I was encouraged to sing and drum simultaneously, I I tried it. And I wasn't very good at first. And I did it for of about course. two weeks. And then about two weeks in, everything just kind of clicked. I don't know what happened. Just something in my brain was like, all right, here you go. Well, see, you got to think, you know, when we're older, we expect everything. We lose our patience. We expect everything to happen now. Like when you're a kid and you fall down, you don't go, well, fuck that. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I think people quit early. And, and you know, thank goodness you didn't because I really like your vocals. So I'm I'm glad you ended up becoming the the lead singer in the band. I don't know how the other two guys feel about it, but <laughs> they're evolving. I hope yeah, they're evolving. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn they'll learn to get with it. Yeah, yeah that, that that always seems so difficult, you know, like with Genesis and stuff, seeing Phil Collins do yeah. that. I just never, I you know, I can barely pat my head and rub my tummy, let alone you know all the dexterity and things that drumming takes. And then oh yeah, now I got to sing too. So that's nice. yeah, that's, I'm, that's, I'm really nuts. proud to be playing with these guys because yeah. I've uh, whew, 
I've watched. Uh, you were in the New England Noise, the ones we did with the, mm. in the first incarnation of the band. We played these like shows called New England Noise, and it was out in the woods. Shout out to Caleb Massey. Yep, in Wildwood, Georgia, and um, man, it was so fun. Um, we would pack that place out and have these little shows out in the woods. And I remember watching one like a few weeks ago, and man, I, my singing was so bad, so <laughs> bad. It's just you can you notice if you're noticing like marked improvements in your performance over time. That's right. a good thing. So. Um, I think we've all been. Yeah. That's what I'm proud of. I'm proud that we, we're all like getting so much better yeah. at our craft. It's it's, it's awesome. I, th- I think just personally, like ego is what helps that because I think ego coming in is really what inhibits growth. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you like continue to learn. Is like always be open right. to somebody else's take. Yeah. How do you plan to stay humble as you start to rise to those different levels and not let some of the things and the dangers that come with that. Uh, have y'all talked about that? I think what that's might be where our kind of upbringing comes into play. Mm-hmm. We're all we all grew up pretty darn not. I mean, we. I was poor growing up. I mean, you were probably right. pretty pretty poor growing up, right, Joey? And then Adam. I don't know. We just. I we mean, in rural North Georgia places, and like uh, I don't know. That keeps me humble, no matter what. Yeah, I, I, mean, like, I just remember that I came from Sand Mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A place that is infamous around here for being pretty trashy. Well, and, um, I, I still um, live a there lot too. Of my, yeah, lot, well, I was gonna say, a lot of my family's from there. I've lived in uh, Bryant, mm-hmm. Flat Rock. I've lived in Bryant. Uh, yeah. My brother grew up and went to high school at Otter. Uh, I've lived in Trenton. Yeah. Not Wildwood, Lookout Valley. So all the way from there, all the way yeah, to the other side in Alabama, yeah. to the other side of the mountain. I yeah, I, I grew up in the um, on the other part of the Georgia side in the big woods, and um, being out there for me, like there's not a lot, and I never wanted or anything. My parents were awesome, just like mm-hmm. making sure we were, you know, had a good. But like, just the peacefulness up there, like shaped yes. me as a person. Like I don't have to have a lot. I don't have to be rich. I don't have to have this or that, but like, it's nice to have it. But right. like I said, also with us just being good friends, we, we can criticize each other in a way that's not going to piss each other off. And it never comes across as like, yeah, like, and yeah. even though we may be intense, like do this, it's like, right. it's for the betterment of the song. And you know, we can always just talk it out, but like, and you know, it's out of love. Too. Yeah. It's, it's that not. too. Like we're, we're making what we do the best it can be. And I, that's why I like being with what I consider better musicians like Joey, and Nate like they can tell me hey do this and I'm like you know even if I don't necessarily agree with it I can form it into what I want and it just makes this like awesome thing my god imagine if people did that with ideas imagine when people yeah, did that mm-hmm. at all yeah <laughs> like, like, just, don't get butt hurt you know yeah. you have an established relationship it's not personal like we are ride or die friends you know that so if I say something it's never coming from a place of like Frustration or hate or anger, you know. Well, yeah, just towards a common goal. Yeah, yeah, that like, too. You just have to keep. I don't know. There's. I don't know. I don't think I could take anything you guys say towards yeah. me as like being dicks if we were playing music. Just yeah. Because like we know what it's about. I don't yeah. think we've ever gotten into an argument as a band. No. And and also I think the fact that we keep things super DIY, uh-huh. like we run ourselves. Nate <laughs> Nate runs Smart. a lot of like yes. everything and. Like if a label or something ever came between us, like it, it wouldn't really do anything. So, and that's yeah. be a pretty lucrative offer because I know that record labels try to screw you over any way they can. Well, it's to be a pretty great offer. Just what I've seen, I people make it just fine on their own, and probably even better you because get, you monetize it completely. So yeah. you have all the money. I mean, you, instead of like twenty percent of it that a yeah. label would do, so. you can run down and put it out on it's Spotify, SoundCloud, something tells yeah. you you're good yeah. enough to make all exactly. the money ourselves. Yeah. And as far as the recording, that uh, hopeful skepticism was the first serious thing I ever recorded, and thankfully my business partner now Taylor mastered it for us and made it sound ten times better than what I could have done. Like I'm the growing as a producer and recording <laughs> guy. And so our quality is only so going to get... So you do some of the engineering. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out Noisy Cricket. Yeah, uh, I own a studio now, uh, Noisy Cricket Audio. Uh, come record with us at uh, Trenton, Georgia. We have an awesome space, super home life. And, uh, Are they yeah. getting in touch with you, a phone number? Uh, you can. We have a website, okay. uh, noisycricketaudio.com. We have a Facebook coming out. And, uh, man, we're not even advertising yet. We're recording a band a week. It's nuts. So... Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the bands, Photos Advantage, Great Tennessee quality, Kush. affordable, Ooh. super great affordable. Dudes to record with. You're getting yeah. like, there's something about like going 
somewhere you've never been yeah to mm-hmm. do something that's exciting yeah. and most people have not been to trenton that's it and you're right on the square it's beautiful you beautiful the... area you got the view oh, so it's right in the like where yeah. the courthouse mm-hmm. is and yeah stuff? okay and uh it's really awesome and uh, we even record parts for our artists sometimes we we known to get in there and it's really cool man i, I enjoy it and uh, that's where we're spending our time uh and then another thing is monetarily we don't pay for recording because we do it <laughs> and uh, you know it's amazing how you can save costs like yeah that. yeah well not only that even if the band was starting to make money i mean it's good now because you know where money needs to be spent mm-hmm. and where you want to spend it yeah. and there's a difference we're business minded too like right. we, may, we may take gas money from a show here and there but normally we just put it all back yeah. into things That's what do y'all do during the day <laughs> <laughs> I'll let y'all go first. <laughs> uh, I'm a marketing director, and I'm also like a social media coordinator for a company. Um, yeah, that's all I do right now. I used to have three jobs. So I do mm. two now. So if I ever start to make money, I'll probably hire you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm just a maintenance man at a hotel. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Which one? The, okay, the you... man on the boulevard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was... It's been a broad, it's been a journey for me, but last year I was a uh, general manager of an Airbnb company and COVID shut down the travel industry and I lost my job. So now I work at Moccasin Bend Mental Health Institute as a psych tech and it's awesome. Damn, I need need to win the lottery because I could actually use both of you guys. (laughs) Josh works, is that the one over in the middle of the river? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you know Josh Cox? Is that his last name? Joshua Aaron Cox or Aaron yeah. Joshua Cox. Was he a sure. short dude with a mohawk? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to him. Yeah. He, he was one love of the that little dude. Yeah, he was one of the first people I like really got uh hanging out with there too. So yeah, really awesome guy. Small world. I like hanging out with him mostly because he's shorter than me and that doesn't happen a lot. So <laughs> I get to make short jokes, which doesn't happen a lot either. He's a tough hey, dude. How too. you doing? Say hello. What's Here up? comes our daughter. That's Autumn. That What's is up, Autumn. Autumn. Everybody say hello to Autumn. This Autumn is good grief. Um, next question I have is a, a pretty standard one, but I'm definitely curious. Um, how did we get the name Good Grief? Where did that come from? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, okay, so Adam's brother, uh, Jonathan, uh, led us into a church to record the drums for our first song ever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, we were having a, we got through doing it. We were in the parking lot of the church. It's a church that we grew up going to, so a little bit of sentimental you know, value to the story. Yeah. And um, I look... We were, I don't remember the context of the conversation, but your brother looks at me and he's like, I said something silly, and he was just like, good grief. And he said it in the funniest way possible, and it just really stuck out to me. I was like, that's probably this one. That's what the band name's going to be. Yeah, that's great. I like that, that was it. Depending mm-hmm. on the tone, it's one of those things that you can add a little fuckery to. It's Charlie like, you Brown. know, good grief. Yeah, yeah. it's good grief. So we had, good to grief so or... we had to shed that kind of label for like, I guess, like a year. I t- Every once in a while, I still get Charlie Brown. Okay, mm-hmm. we do the Charlie Brown band. <laughs> no, I, I thought of it as almost more of I thought it, it might have been a, a humorous thing, just you know, like um, good, you grief. know. Oh yeah, I need you get in the studio again. Oh god, good grief, you know. It's oxymoronic because you can't have good grief. Right. I think that's a pretty cool spin on the thing. Yeah. Uh, you get the alliter- alliteration. You call it GG. I was yeah. in military intelligence, so I understand all about oxymorons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's just it's a name. Also, everybody says it, whether they, where, no matter where you grew up, you say it good grief. Time, I'm like, what? hey, like, I always go, hey, that's my band. <laughs> yeah. Get it trademarked. They'll owe you money every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to ask you. Yeah, we could sue yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at you. Good grief out of Japan. Yeah. yeah. We're Uh-oh. coming. Don't say that. They could probably. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Have you ran across that? Because I have ran across a couple of iterations that are no longer in existence of yeah. Chronic Conversations. It's actually got me thinking of if trademarking is worth so the they money or not. So with an exclamation point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So technically not the same. Yeah. So they were just either really excited or really mad about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And honestly, in this day and time, unless you were out on the markets, radio stations, touring, and have a label and branding, there's no point in uh, trademarking anything. Uh-huh. Because... You know, it's it's literally not worth anything. Cause as, as soon as if you're a small town and then someone else blows up, they're uh-huh. just gonna trademark you out, and you might as well just keep the even flow going. Yeah, yeah. Even flow. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie Vedder. I would just like to go on the record as saying I love Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. I love Pearl Jam. Oh, dude. 
Yeah. Wonderful. No idea what the fuck you said. Love it. Right, yeah. It, a lot of the best music's like that. You don't find out till, you know, I didn't know lyrics to a lot of songs I grew up with till I had Google and could Google. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would spend, uh, uh, don't tell my former bosses, but hours online just searching <laughs> songs. Just be like, does he really say this? Oh, no, he's not kissing a guy. He's kissing the sky. Yeah, okay, that's cool. it. Your former hey, bosses listen to this. Like, it's like, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. What are we revving up in the middle of the night? They're throwing douches away? Or... <laughs> oh, it's a douche? It's a douche. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. That makes a that's lot it. more sense. I just thought, I didn't know. It's... Anybody do that with with your guys' lyrics? Have you heard them like maybe you're playing a concert and they're we singing along? We make fun of our own lyrics. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's freaking hilarious. She, she writes her own and she gets really mad when the uh, guys that wrote the songs don't know the lyrics like she does. So <laughs> they, you know, know yeah, yeah. that's how it goes. We uh, honestly, we grew up in Trenton. That, Trenton had a really popping music scene when we grew up, and it was a thing to make fun of all the band names. Mm-hmm, and course. so, what you got on that one? I was gonna say someone outside of Trenton. Like, that amazes me. Really? I've never once heard about it. Yeah. Ever. The music, really? yeah, there was only yeah, one we, musician. We had, like, shows all the time. Yeah. There, the, there was one musician, too, actually, after I left high school, that was in high school. They were the only ones that ever played in bands, and unfortunately, the music scene kind of died through there. But yeah, like, without getting into too many names, like, some bands like You Place the Ocean, um, they would call themselves You Place the Lotion, <laughs> and uh, just stuff like that, you That'd know. Be a good flyer. Yeah, it was really cool. So yeah, we're good at making fun of our own lyrics. I, I'm pretty good at making fun of lyrics. It's one of my favorite things to do even with songs that I love. I'll just start asking questions in the middle of the song. If you've been around me, you get it. Like, she hears it all the time, but people have never been around me, and I start questioning her stuff. It's like, I thought you liked this song. Why are you getting so irate? It's like, oh no, I'm just I'm just riffing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I just it. think it's funny. It's just, just got some things that I thought would lead to some funny stuff. Do you guys, I know with the pandemic and stuff, have you got to play any shows since the pandemic's been out? Or? So we're going to take it easy. And uh, I think it's probably a responsible thing to do. I right. think we should uh, kind of wait till it chills down. But right. it seems like we're on the right track as a yeah. country now. Kind of. I have seen a lot of percentages drop and more than I see the yeah, uptick so the last, of them. The last quarter, or just uh, since the beginning of the year, you know, it's down. I mean, it's still a lot of cases per yeah. day. But, mm-hmm. I also um, saw some uh, medical guys talking about one of the ways they knew that it was going down is because their hospitals weren't quite as full as they were before. They're starting mm-hmm. to, so that that is definitely good. Do you, do you have any plans for like when it when it stops? Is there any pending so right shows? Now, or? Uh, we're working on recording a single and an EP, mm-hmm. and we'll release that probably a music video maybe or two uh, when we come out of hibernation, and uh, we'll yeah. probably have a CD release show and all that cool stuff. Yeah. With last last year, even though we weren't playing a lot, we were doing so much. I mean, planning right. a festival, we were recording so much. Uh, we did the Nougatunes last year. Yeah, we did a couple right. of Nougatunes. That was so fun. Nougatunes, shout out to you. Come back. That was incredible. Uh, <laughs> most highest production of a live stream I've seen anywhere. Cool. That was like Michael Jackson's uh, old sound system. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, so it was used on the Thriller tour, and so we got to play out of the... That's like what is, is there that any venues or something you want to play in specifically because of the history of the venue? Like, I know for comics, you know, the comic store is a place. Yeah. So it gets um, a bad rap around here, but Ziggy's Music Box. Um, I actually hear first, a lot of stuff. The, the first, um, the Black Crow's first show was at Ziggy's Music Box. I did not know that. They were called uh, awesome. Mrs. Crow's Garden. That's what they were called, something, something like that. Something. Yeah, Z- Ziggy's opened up their door to more of the alternative crowd because mm-hmm. I mean, not not bashing on anybody else in the Chattanooga area, but you only had a specific, only people played of what sold. You know, JJ's the same way; they let mm-hmm. bands on tour come through, but a lot of the bigger places, you know, you had to make money and right. You know, a lot a lot of bands from this area in the Atlanta area cut their teeth at Ziggy's too. But uh, as far as places I would want to play, ooh. There's a studio in That's California. Yeah. Yeah, because venues around here, Slim Pickens. Yeah, yeah and a lot of the older ones are not here anymore. musicians here, but you don't have a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Play, and places that do play, I don't know. It's, it's strange, the music economy here. Uh, generally, bands get paid to perform. Yeah. <laughs> they raise up beforehand. Yeah. A lot of yeah, times yeah. that doesn't happen here in Chattanooga. They don't value your time as much. No. Um, I, I was talking before the show. I've been a professional wrestler, and... Uh, nowadays the money is better I, uh, I gotta give it to promoters they've stepped up and they started paying the guys more what they're worth but for most of the time that I was in it it was a hot dog and a handshake or an opportunity you were getting yeah and I'm exposure. sure you guys heard the exposure <laughs> yeah a lot of uh, yeah. When people I, like that you gotta deal with when I went on tour with my old pop punk band like 
it was so weird after every show they would just give us this wad of money and I was like what is this yeah and like oh this is your cut for the night and it being like the hundreds of dollars wow like and I'm like, we just played a house that could barely hold 10 people, and we just packed, like, 50 people in there. How is there even this much money? They're like, man, we take care of bands. And, like, around here, like, some people try, but it's hard. I don't know. And, like, playing in Atlanta, even if we're the opener on the show, at, like, mm-hmm. the Masquerade or something, we're always still getting paid something, and it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's something that we weren't used to until I started playing outside of uh, chat and everything. Which, that is my wisdom to part to uh, do bands is, like, if you're a new band, you know, play a few free shows, of course. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you establish yourself, if all musicians just demanded money, they'd have to pay us money. That's what we just Or there'd be no more music in town. Yeah. That, yeah. Two options. Yeah. As soon as that free place comes up and guys start agreeing to do it, it kind of kills it for everybody else. So yeah, that's it. And, uh, man, I go to, I see a lot of the, uh, on the other side of the music scene, there are, like, a couple of jam bands and, mm-hmm. um, Man, those guys, you know, take home ridiculous amounts of money and rip to the revelry room. But uh, I got to play the last show at the revelry room in Chattanooga, and they handed us a freaking check for like $900. And I was like, this is the most money I've made doing anything related to this. And then I'm like, well, that's why I only like big bands play here. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was crazy. But, I made so much money at a, a carnival one time. As the They had the carnival, and then the show afterwards, so literally everybody from the carnival came over to the show. Mm-hmm. It was probably about 750 to 1,000 people there. It's the biggest crowd I've ever done. And I got that envelope, and I literally had to go talk to him. I wanted to make sure that he didn't mm-hmm. accidentally give me somebody else's. Or yeah. I'd never seen that kind of money. Yeah. I was like... You know, and it's awesome that that happens, but it's also sad that we're surprised. You know, it's so sad because you know, a lot of these touring bands are making like they scoff at even a ten thousand dollar offer, and you know, you know, they got to be making like fifty grand a show just to sell out a place. You know, it's nuts. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're first starting out, whether it's in comedy or wrestling or a band or a podcast, you know, there, there's stuff you need. You need, you know, it's a business, businesses are not free. Um, so you're putting into the business whether people are putting money into you or not. So it's already cost you money, so you got to break even before you can start making money. Exactly, yeah. And I, they, I don't know if they think about it that way. I always think about it if I was going to be a promoter. To me, you guys are what's making the house. That's what they're coming to see. They're not coming to see me mm-hmm. or my restaurant or bar or whatever. They're coming to see you guys. So I want to take real good care of you in any way I can, you know, short of killing the business. Because to me, that would be better business. Exactly. you got to take care of your people. And we're promoters as well. We book shows and book yeah. shows for a long time. Live Music Collective. It's coming back. Just waiting for the <laughs> pandemic to end. Uh, yeah. We mm-hmm. had a great slate of, we had a slate of like six amazing shows booked. From, okay, like, so there is in like Atlanta. I think I had one in like Nashville. So it was Atlanta, Nashville, Chattanooga. Some really good shows, great fucking bands, and then the pandemic hit, and I pretty much we had to cancel all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was supposed to go to China this yeah, year. It was it's like nuts. My first time playing up there. Yeah, we bring, yeah. We bring great equipment for the bands to play. You know, it's just, um, we try to do it the way a show should be done. Yeah, we have lights. We have a yeah. killer sound system. Like we go hard. Like right. you know, and we it's full experience. We transform venues into like cause we go cause. Playing throughout the years, we know what sucks. And we know when we walk into a venue and there's one 10-inch speaker that's blown halfway and a <laughs> microphone that's been crushed, you know. Like, no one's at the main in the PA. Yeah, like, yeah, there's no one there. It's like we've seen the bad, and we just took all of those experiences and tried to make it awesome. You figure if you do the opposite of all of that. Yeah, that's it. I think a lot of promoters are just trying to make a quick buck anyway, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, there's so, some crooks out there. I think the telltale sign... That, I mean, a venue can be great, but I think the telltale sign that they really care about musicians is if they have a green room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if there's anyone besides, like, maybe the Signal or the Tivoli or Memorial Auditorium that have, like, actual green rooms. I don't think um, the Comedy Catch has a green room. Even closet, you know, that's pretty sure most of the bars around here, the green room is outside. Yeah. Yeah. The parking lot. Your car. The restaurant yeah. next door. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of the bigger comedians doing these parking lot shows where the cars pull up stuff, and I can't even imagine for. I mean, you know, all of the entertainment we do, like the, the wrestling and that, the, the crowd is your energy. The crowd is your, you know, your fire. So when you don't have that, I can't imagine them being in cars and just honking. Like, how do you know your song got over? How do you know your joke got over? It, it seems like it is. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten, a lot of, we've gotten a lot of unique opportunities. Um, so 
I guess we got comfortable with that. New tunes. There was no one around. We were playing for no one. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like it was so fun. Oh yeah. We were all right. So we were in this box. And very hot box. How hot was it outside? Like in the hundreds, maybe. So, oh lord. And then the inside of this thing was like fogged out, and it was badass. But it was so hot. So hot. Like even looking back at it, I noticed that I looked pissed, and it wasn't that I was pissed. <laughs> I was like. We were all drenched. Sweat down. Yeah. I remember handing Adam the bass back and being like, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just so. Yeah, but the really cool thing about Nougatudes, besides the hot, was the uh, we had screens up so we could see people like commenting on our performance. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. So we've done, we done similar things at Tuned In Radio in Cleveland. We've mm-hmm. done, uh, where else? We did the NPR Breaker 17. live session. That was really cool. Yeah, Breaker, Breaker 17, 17 did a couple live sessions there. Have you seen the little sessions NPR have their little, I think they call them desk concerts? Tiny desk. Yeah. 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 Yes, those I love awesome, those. Dude. Yeah. The Macklemore one, shout out. We also do our own version of that, and we're about to bring it back, but in a whole new way, and mm. up the game entirely. It's called Vibe Check. Mm. Yeah. And it's where we, we get a local band, we interview them, and it's like five minutes. Like you get another band real quick. Right. For telling you what's up recently, and then... You get one live recorded song. It's a live music video uh-huh. and a live recording of the song. It's all free. We stage it up. It, makes, it looks super cool. The set does. And um, now that they get their studio. Yeah, we have a studio. We were doing it. those in a... So, snap, snap back to our humble beginnings. Um, <laughs> me and my old pop punk band shared a house. And it was awesome. It was three stories. The owners were musicians. So, they had like a studio basement and everything. And then... All of my bands ended up moving there, like in different phases. So when one band stopped, Nate Nate moved in. Yeah, and I wasn't even playing with Nate at the time until after. So that's where we recorded that first album. Well, then we had to move out of that house. And I was like, where are we going to go? So we started renting a storage unit. Uh, Shout out to uh, Ideal Storage Storage and Ringgold. You guys saved us. And I'm sure Thanks, we gave them heck, but like, uh, yeah, we recorded the next album in there, and now thankfully we are in a new business commercial area. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was crazy how we recorded it too. I remember like the the chair with the mic stand on. Dude, no <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, stretch the the mixer all the way across the room. Yeah, we we, we went out of the interface into a mixer out of a pair of headphones that you sometimes could hear both sides on (laughs) and now we have like a you know thousand property yeah Yeah, we have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment yeah my my business partners actually has like a gold record produced with dolly parton oh that's awesome yeah so he knows what he's doing i'm learning a lot and it's awesome it's really cool shout out teenage Shout out Teen Ash Taylor. It's, it's just <laughs> great that, that you guys seem so helpful towards other bands because oh, yeah, yeah. to me, like in the podcasting or wrestling, you know, there in, in some se- sectors there's all this weird com- competition or, or what, and I just feel like there's room for everybody. You know, everybody follow your passion. If you want to do a podcast, do a podcast. I'll help mm-hmm. support it. If you want to be in a band, be in a band. I, I really think it's be- better to help support everybody mm-hmm. than to tear them down, you know? And with that being said, Movement Radio has some great podcasts as well. Be sure to listen to those guys. So shout out to them. And we've been talking about venues. Sean and Jake Denny has been talking about opening up a new venue. Have you talked to him any about that yet? I have him on Facebook, but I don't think I've ever talked to him. Might want to give him a shout. There might be some kind of something in there for both of you. And shout out to uh, Brent Bill at the Red Bud in Chattanooga. Uh, It's He's let it, he let us practice there also while we okay. did it's an old that. church. You bought an old church. Yeah. I mean, like, where is it? What's that neighborhood called? It's near Highland Park. Okay. Uh, yeah, you get near off like Fourth Avenue and mm-hmm. go through. And it's really cool. It's transforming it into this like boutique studio type thing. And, and it's an old church. Venue. We recorded a music video there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing... So you say you have some music videos. How many do you have? Are they out there on YouTube? Or so where, first, can they find those? first music video um, is animated, actually. It's called oh, I Took awesome. a Potion. Um, we had a very talented animator out of Argentina make it. Wow. And uh, she did a hell of a job. Shout out, Brittany uh, Santana. She did a great job. Uh, and then we have three live-action music videos. Um, oh, and they're wow. all funny. They're all poignant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. If, you, if that's what you're into. And all produced by Nate. All produced by Nate, and then uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Michael Stevens mm-hmm. on the uh, on the camera. Does a great job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you look for somebody to shoot a video, they should go there then, right? Yeah. So live music collective. Uh, okay. So that's kind of what we're 
so a lot of music collective and valley vibes are kind of be the penultimate like music things that, yeah that um i i do and his is the studio yeah also um so um yeah so we're gonna amc is gonna start doing music videos uh we'll be like the one of the I don't know what you say, co-co-sponsors of Vibe Check, yeah, and stuff like that. We'll book shows for local bands. That's that's missing, yeah. like from the local scene. Yeah, in the past like two years. Like, what happened to the guys who like reached out to bands to book the shows? Like, yeah, it's not around here anymore. No, the one the one or two guys I knew stopped doing it. So yeah. someone's got to pick up the slack and yeah. start helping people. So that's, and do it better. And too. do it way better. Like when yeah. you pr- like, I know everybody wants to be DIY and punk and all that, but you right. need good production. You need help. People like, want to be entertained. Yeah, it's they're like they're not going to spend their money on just seeing some crust punk band anymore. Yeah, you, you, like, you can still be do it yeah. yourself and get help. I mean, I mm-hmm. couldn't do this podcast without the support of so many people. The 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 main the one of the hosts of uh, Movement Radio has been a mentor of mine for podcasting, um, Chip Brown. And without him, like I, you know, wouldn't be where I am. Without her supporting me and uh, things, I wouldn't be where I am. So you, you always want to build that network anyway, and 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 spread that good karma, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what Valley Vibes is about. Yeah, Valley Vibes. Uh, man, what a story! What a story! Me and Nate were actually sitting on the porch of the house we all lived in at the time, and I'd always wanted to do a. Um, festival at our local park in Trenton mm-hmm. and Nate was just talking about doing a festival one day and I'm like dude I've always wanted to do that and the cool thing about me and Nate is we're a good business team because he's a super good go-getter he's analytical he keeps up with so many good notes and I kind of mm-hmm. just like people I'm a good people person and right. I have an outreach and yeah Valley Vibes uh, started on our front porch wow. and the first one we did was absolutely free we took donations to go to a food bank and we had a whole good day about it. And then the second one, I'll let you get into that because that was So a lot. you got a taste for that and you're like, okay, how can we make this as big as possible? Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of identified the weaknesses of the first year and changed it. And uh, so we, for the second year, we booked a 250-acre farm called Cherokee Farms in Lafayette, Georgia. Um, for those not listening in the southeast, Lafayette, Georgia. <laughs> and... Um, is that Whitwell? Is that where it is? Whitwell? Chickamauga? Chickamauga? Chattanooga? Man, that place is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we got 32 bands. Mm-hmm. Um, we had belly dancers. We had ladies on stilts. Awesome. We had fire twirlers. Mm-hmm. We had... Um, Dangers, yeah. What's the other stuff we had? Um, awesome. A drum and light show in the woods. Yeah. We got uh, 24 local art and food vendors to show up. We made a huge marketplace. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we basically found these huge hills in the foothills of Lookout Mountain uh-huh. and big huge fields and we created a little city for mm-hmm. a weekend and we did a massive bonfire with so cool. huge trees and uh, the headliner was Strung Like a Horse uh-huh. um, we had Malayle Roots Behold the Brave Behold the Brave Fault um, Lines Fault Lines yeah pretty much most most of the heavy hitters like in Chattanooga and that's mm, what it's right. all about we wanted to get all local acts and pay them a good amount of money to come yeah. out and have a we paid everybody time. Yeah. yeah, and at eleven o'clock on Friday night, we had pro freaking wrestling, and it was one of the coolest <laughs> things I had ever experienced because uh, we didn't know how we were gonna light it up, and thankfully the people that set up the ring put like a freaking two thousand watt bulb yeah. above it and just lit. And like Nate was saying, he was at the gate or something and heard people cheering. Like that was like a good. It was like a roar of a crowd in the stadium. Is what mm-hmm. I heard from like almost a mile away. Yeah, they get yeah. pretty it passionate great. about it. And hundreds of people around this ring. It was on the ground too, and the wrestlers had a phenomenal time. They I had some gladiator shit was going down. Yeah, that the first time. We yeah, yeah, dude. Awesome performers. You know, uh, Joey White had helped yes. out with that. Uh, Chris Cronk. Cody Robinson, awesome uh, yeah, he slapped me in the face, <laughs> um, and all of the wrestlers. <laughs> shout out, they like you. yeah, yeah, that's it. Shout out to them because they uh, they came and did that stuff pro bono and put oh. on the biggest show ever for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I know most of the guys that were on that show, and and they mm-hmm. are they're 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 some of the the not quite breaking through, but they're definitely next level. They're, yeah. they're on a different level than they take some their of the craft seriously. Yeah, they, yeah. they sure do. Um, from their character to their performance. Um, very professional. Uh, a lot of times there's not professional and professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's one of the questions I always ask is, yeah. is where did that go to? And yeah. I got the Stone Cold Stunner Joey White, which was the coolest thing I've ever done. So <laughs> Now I'm jealous. I've never got the Stone Cold Stunner. I'm going to have to talk do it to next him time about that. Him. Yeah, I'll do that next time I see him, just randomly. Yeah. Uh, 
We also had a drone live show in the woods, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The dude climbed these trees like and put these LED strips, like, what would you say, 20, 30 foot up in the trees? Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. It captivated people, man. Wow. Hey, jo- you know, shout out to yeah. Josh Green, man. Yeah. And then we had uh, old Manny. Oh, yeah, we had the Midnight Puff, which is a bus that... Uh, we've yeah. been planning on doing that, but I thought they stopped, and now it looks like they've kind of transitioned into something else, or is that still sure going to be going on? Or? Right now, they are located at the back of the Chattanooga Emporium, and they okay. serve as a green room for bands playing, and they also do movie nights. Uh, I just talked to Manny not even like a week or two ago, and, uh-huh. you know, he's had a big adventure trying to get that stuff going and I think he's finally established in something that he's going to stay at and awesome. super awesome I've seen that I've seen him he used to be a photographer one of my old bands wow. back in the day and so like he would always take pictures and just see him grow into what he's doing he did it he finally did it yeah. but yeah uh, we had awesome vendors uh, the food shout out to Slingums and Chicken with Bones killer food and shout out to all the people in the vendor places that fed us because and yeah, everybody came. Awesome. Like you, I mean, we can't put it on without people showing up. And everybody right. came to throw down and came to support local well, people, man. Anything like that planned for the future? Yeah. Like that sounded like a great what fucking you time. Like, support people that are actually around you instead yeah. of like somebody far away. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we uh, we actually had our first meeting for Valley Vibes 2021. We're okay. about to awesome. send the invites out to the lineup. And people saw what we did last year, and people are paying attention. We had a lot of people saying, dude, we want to be on this next year, and had a lot of new vendors that saw what happened. All of our vendors made killer money, and um, yeah. Which, like, get on that. If you're a band, if you're an artist, if you're a volunteer, or something like that, hit us up. Hit us up. be a part of it. That's what it's all about. Adam Gann, Nate McDaniel. Being part of something bigger. Joey Scruggs. That does something uh, for the betterment of people around us. Yeah, we, we made this event. For, to build community in our local art and music because we don't like clicks. I love that. Yeah, we don't like clicks. We We're not having, like, no. clinics, you know? Yeah. We're just you, hanging out. <laughs> you would have never in anywhere else seen Fault Lines and Strum Like a Horse on the same bill, ever. And we made that happen, man. Pulled it off, too. We, we pulled it, it off. really yeah, well. Yeah, and we had two stages. We had heavy bands. We had bluegrass rock bands. Were we you had... worried that you wouldn't pull it off? or? Oh, no. I mean, I was never worried that it wouldn't be successful, but every step of the way, there was just... We were getting fought left and right. It was hard. The pandemic. County government. County <laughs> government, dude. Like, just stuff in our way. Yeah, like, we, this year, won't, that won't be an issue. Yeah. So county government was probably the worst part. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was from having the event threatened to be pulled four days before it happened. Mm. Getting, venue, a yes, per, getting a permit the day of the festival. Getting in a wreck with the sound system. Literally, oh, yeah. literally a quarter of a mile away from the venue. Thankfully, and we had just been told, you know, if this sound system gets broken, it's like $20,000 to replace it. Yeah, I don't think it. people realize the stress behind it all. <laughs> yeah, so it I was, was like, stressful. Meanwhile, I was like pacing like, um, it's an hour before the first band goes on. and <laughs> The sound system's not here. <laughs> I just yet. called my brother and he said he just got in a crash and hung up on me. Was yeah, like, like oh, we, God. there was, there <laughs> was like, so many things that happened that we learned a lot from. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we know now not to do that. And also like... Um, man, I just like I'm reliving all the stress that came up to the, and <laughs> it's just like it, yeah. I can see it in it's my in the blood eyes. pressure coming. Yeah, up in your that face. dog, yeah. like you know, staring with the Vietnam well, going in the back of it. Place this year, yeah, though. but you made it. It's we made done. It. We yeah. made you it. You did it. It was successful. Yeah, you got another one. It's awesome, probably going to be I'll, ten times as successful. Uh, tag me in everything you do. I'll make absolutely. sure I share it on my page. Yeah. We worked four days straight. Like I don't remember sleeping. <laughs> like it was rough, I remember sleeping but waking up like oh the sound the sound oh we're good so we're good yeah. yeah I was so tired the night the last night I wrecked my car it was at a gas station I'll beat it but I was like so tired just kind of like yeah. I hit the fuck out of the side of my car yeah it's like one of those like gas station yeah like, and uh, people don't understand that Cherokee Farms is way out the F and nowhere so yeah. we were driving to get the sound system to Chattanooga we would have to be mm-hmm. in Trenton driving back that's a 40 minute drive the saving every time the Walmart, so, like, yeah the Walmart consistently getting you know pushback will be nice this year because everything's gonna be yeah. a lot, be a lot smoother. smoother yeah and the cool thing official too like yeah the cool thing about it, we followed a 52-page, five-print document that had all the CDC guidelines. We were in, we were in the good. A health uh-huh. inspector, in, health inspector, health inspector came <laughs> yeah. in and said, Someone "You guys, <laughs> it's like you guys is like have done this well." They didn't even come back the second day to check because oh, we had done it so well, and um, that way everybody could be safe during the pandemic. I know a lot of people are worried about people that you know 
Like we we did really well with that mm-hmm. too. So um, I know Joey had a rough time because there were a lot of cancellations on his end, which yep. happens a lot at uh, pro wrestling shows. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things you really got to be ready for is because yeah. It's like you throw a party for 50 people and 10 show up. That's it. And we even have a band that was supposed to go on, and I gave them a call, and I'm like, hey, where are y'all at? They're like, oh, you didn't hear? We couldn't make it. And I was like, well, let's have a disco dance hour. You know, (laughs) it was really cool. Yeah. So um, tell everybody all the different places they can find you uh, real quick on all your social media. And then um, we'll wrap this up. Yeah, sounds good. Um, the best place to just see what we're doing is facebook.com slash ggnuga or just look okay. up Good Grief. Um, I mean, we come up in most search results and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can Google ggnuga. Uh, we're on YouTube. All our music videos are ggnuga. We've got a lot of live vi- music video or live videos on there. Um, yeah, those are two. two pl- ggnuga. You type that in anywhere, you're going to find us. You'll find everything. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. look for Good Grief. We're on Spotify and Apple Music and Sound Africa and all the things we're on TikTok if you want to use our songs on TikTok videos that's awesome. the thing you can do oh that's cool that's that's good to know because yeah. you know there's I'm tell my daughter <laughs> yeah she'll be in that's that's fun I wish this was a video episode so so they could see me momming but it's it's such a funny thing to go to a food line or something and there's always a kid in the aisles you know and I'm like are they having a seizure should I go help them are they okay and it's like no they're just TikTok and it's like okay they're gonna be okay that is how it is so we have listeners now. Uh, you were talking about going to China but not getting the opportunity. We do have listeners in Germany and Puerto Rico now. So hello to everybody in Germany hey. and Puerto Rico. Uh, here's love your, to come visit. Yeah, they love to come visit. Uh, they're a great band, great group of guys. Anybody should uh, be booking these guys. Um, you should listen to all their music and find them on all of their social media. Uh, any shout-outs or anything else before we wrap it up? Oh, no, thank you for having us. No, thank you for being here. Um, I appreciate it. It's been a great time. Uh, I really enjoyed it and hope if, you know next time that y'all have something going on. Oh, quick, let's be quiet. He's coming back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, as I was saying. No, <laughs> that's I was saying. I was just talking some shit in there, but now I'm back. <laughs> oh, that happens. I was just telling them, asking if they had anything else to say before we wrap it up. I um, talked about every place we could find you and stuff coming up yeah. and come back when you got something going on or when you don't and you just want to shoot the shit. Yeah, be great. The last last thing I want to say is this has been an awesome experience. I yeah, love interviews, and it's been y'all have opened up your home. It's beautiful. I love well, it. Thank you. And uh, super hospitable. So go check out Chronic Conversations. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank you everybody for listening. I'm Jerry Anderson again. This is my wife Jen. Say bye bye. Peace. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye, guys. Woo. Yeah. That was great. That was. And you awesome. forgot to hit record the whole time. <laughs>